0: Learn Persian with Chai and Conversation, Growing Up Iruni, interview with Bahadur Alast. This is Leila Shams, host of Learn Persian with Chai and Conversation. I'm so excited today to release my interview with Bahadur Alast of the extremely popular YouTube channel of the same name. Bahadur is a Mohandis or engineer by day, but he has over 278,000 subscribers on YouTube following a niche that he's been able to fulfill and thrive in so well, comparing languages to one another. His videos usually consist of two people from different cultural backgrounds with different native languages comparing certain words in their language with him moderating. They end up discovering similarities between seemingly disparate cultures that they were not even aware of and often end up really bonding and having a wonderful time. The videos are so fun to watch and take you on a journey into what unites us all, even if it's not obvious on the surface. I did a poll asking who I should interview for this series and Bahadur was the most requested guest. So I learned so much about curiosity, languages, and being open-minded from this conversation. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Let's listen. Bahadur Alas, thank you so much for talking with me today.
1: Thank you for having me. It's it's my pleasure to be a part of this.
0: Well, I actually had, I asked on my Instagram who all I could uh, invite to do this interview, and several people suggested you, actually. There was a lot of, I'm I'm happy
1: to hear that. I I have noticed uh, that my my friends sharing your content. So maybe it was some of them, but also a lot of people who are subscribed to my channel. I've seen them share your uh, clips or your posts and stuff. So um, I'm, I'm not surprised, but I'm very happy to hear that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I've been watching your videos for a really long time. I love what you do. It's so, so different and so innovative. And I can't wait to hear about how you got started with that. But um, so these interviews, usually we talk about your history and then we talk about what led you to do what you do today. Um, and so let's start from the very beginning. So where were you born? And uh, and yeah, tell me about your upbringing.
1: So I was born in Iran. uh after- 1984 so just just so like when we're we're looking at dates and I'm saying like when I was born or when I was doing this so and then in 95 when I was 10 years old uh, almost 11 that's when my parents moved to Canada and we've been in Toronto since then Uh, I've moved around the country I've worked in different places different provinces different regions of Canada Uh, but really I've always come back and now I'm like pretty much settled here uh so yeah i've been in toronto and other cities but always been back here uh, and that's this is where i'm settled in right now and this is where i work right so
0: so you got to experience the entire iran iraq war you didn't miss out on a moment
1: yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> oh, yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so you moved in the 90s and then so what was your uh upbringing like did you grow up just speaking farsi or did you also learn english what was so, your language
1: the thing is, it's really funny because when we moved here, my dad really discouraged us when it came to learning other languages. He's just like, learn English. Like, you don't need to learn French. You don't need to learn this. You don't need you don't like. But I, so it's it's interesting because I have this passion and interest in different languages. But it obviously didn't come from my father because he was always just telling me, oh, just learn to speak English well. You want to integrate into this society. That's all that matters. Right. So. Uh, obviously, we we would speak Persian at home, but uh, when it came to, like, you know, it being in the society and everything, we were encouraged to really improve our English, like my sister and I, right? So, so it was never really, like, learning or maintaining Persian was not really a priority of my parents. Like, it was never like that with us. Uh, that was, like, purely a personal interest. Because if you compare, like, for instance, my sister... She can speak Persian, but she prefers to speak English. Like, ah. she, yeah, like that's what's comfortable for her, right?
0: And what do you speak to each other? Uh, to your her?
1: your sister. I, I speak English to my sister.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How? What's her age difference with she you? She's
1: a year and a half younger than me.
0: Oh, okay, it's so the same same
1: age. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, her, and what so, level? What level were you at when you moved to Canada with your Persian? Like, especially reading and writing.
1: I finished uh, grade five. So obviously, like I was reading and writing. But uh, the thing is, like, I've, I've noticed this with a lot of my friends who moved to Canada at, you know, the same age or around that time. People I met in elementary, junior high school and high school later. After like five, six years when you don't really use it much. You just like you're, oh, I can't even write anymore. You know, like right. so, that, so you have to take that step to like maintain it and preserve it like right now like sometimes my uncles or like people in Iran will send stuff to my sister and she forwards it to me she's like what are they saying you know (laughs) why are they writing to me in Persian and then I'm like I translate it for her like she she can like google translate right but sometimes it's long messages and it's not really the best way like she's just like trying to figure out what they're saying you know so my point is like if you don't use it if you don't try to maintain it and after a while, you realize, well, I, I'm having a hard time reading and writing. And after you know, a few years, you're just like, I can't do it anymore, right?
0: Of course. Yeah. So what kept that passion with you? What do you think it was?
1: So I for me, it, it's my personal interest. Like, I, I love cultures. I love languages. I love traveling. Like, and language, I feel like the Persian language and the culture has always been part of my identity, right? So that's something that is very important for me, right? Uh, I agree like with my dad and the whole like oh integrate into the society and be Canadian yes absolutely like there's so many things about the Canadian culture that maybe it would be kind of different in Iran it wouldn't really be like the norm but it is part of who I am too right so my, my culture is like a blend a mix of both but that that Persian culture and the, the Iranian culture the Persian language that is like something that's always been very important for me and something that Obviously, we're passing on to our children, right? So right. Uh, that I think is the reason why I always found it very important to not only like learn or, or preserve the Persian language, but also keep learning about the history of Iran, the history of the yeah. language, why the culture is the way it is, and where does where do all these things come from? You know, so these have always been things that I really, really cared about, and I was always passionate about. Interesting. So, so you're saying
0: like, I, even when you were a teenager, you were pursuing this, like, how did it translate to your real life? Uh,
1: when I was a teenager? Yes, but to a lesser extent, like, I, at the time, I, I didn't know as much, right? I was I was interested, I I wanted to know, I wanted to know, like, why certain things are this way or that way? Like, why do we celebrate these festivals? Like, where does this come from? Uh, you know, like, I don't want to dive too deep into the subject of religion. But like, you know, you study it, like, oh, well, why are we part of this religion or that religion or whatever, right? Like, is this what I identify with? And then as as I grow older, I decide, okay, well, this is not part of who I am. This is not what I really identify with, but this is, and this is what I love. And this, you know, so, so when I was a teenager, you know, to a lesser extent, but as I grew older, you know, I discovered myself more. I As I traveled more and I, I, I read more and I studied more, that's when I realized, okay, this is, what I love. This is what I care about. And, you know, it's wonderful that I I found someone who is the same way as me. Right. You know, I mean, my, my wife, she grew up in Iran. She was there for a longer period. So maybe a little bit different, but still the passion is there, the, the love for the culture and the language is there. So that's why it helps. We're trying to pass it on to the children.
0: Nice. Okay. Well, we'll get to that in a little bit, but now let's get to your college. So you studied engineering you were you were a model iranian son yeah. <laughs> you became Mohandas, and then how did uh, your love of language start to i mean you have this youtube channel with now how many subscribers do you have
1: uh 275000 ooh with yeah millions around to, over 270000 right
0: yeah millions of views on this uh, youtube channel it i can't believe that it's just a side job it's not even your like full time job <laughs> But um, so you studied engineering and then how did you start to, how did this grow into more of a passion project, this language?
1: So engineering, I always like, I have to say, I emphasize this. My parents never pushed me to study engineering, right? they never <laughs> they encouraged it, right? They're like, oh, this is good. Like do this, do that. But it, it was never like, you have to, like, this is what you got to do. I was just very good at math, right? And when I was applying, to, you know, to university, I got into an engineering program that I was kind of interested in. Like I say kind of because compared to languages and cultures, I have to be very honest. Like that's the stuff I'm passionate about. That's the stuff I really love. Yeah. I was good at math. You know, I was good at, you know, you know, engineering. I, so I get, I got into it and I, actually it's been great. You know, like I've been working in the industry for, for over 13 years now. Right. And uh, even when I was in university, I was involved in a lot of, cultural events you know as part of the iranian student union i was you know i was their spokesperson and i i was involved in a lot of these events a lot of these activities which would kind of uh you know encourage you to want to learn more and want to you know do more and you know study it more or whatever but uh, what really really uh got me going especially with these videos and the idea of doing it is uh later on um i started working a job at for about 10 years, I've worked this job, right? So uh, it was at a remote mining camp and we would work two weeks on and be off for two weeks. So Mm -hmm. essentially off for half the month, which was really, really awesome, especially when you're single. Because (laughs) uh, I spent months, months after months, never even coming home. I would just have my suitcase at the airport. I'd fly to this country, that country, that country, go back to work, work for two weeks, same thing, right? So during these travels, this is where it really started to have the the passion was there. The interest was there. But I started to see things. I started to observe things that gave me the idea for this video. And I I was like, you know, I remember like being in different countries where I would hear people say certain words. And I'm like, it's interesting. You know, this is in this language and it's in that language. So it got me so interested in learning about the history of languages, uh, where words come from etymology and and all of that right and i'm like wouldn't it be interesting to like make these comparisons you know and it never really became something that i started doing until later on you know like we're like, oh, just let's do it. Let's do this something for fun. Like I'm like, oh, there's some common words between these languages. So we're doing it. And I'm like, let's record this and put it online, right? And and it was really like, with, thanks to Charizard's help because she was the participant in the videos in the beginning, right? Because I was like choosing the words, right? And it was always Persian with another language, right?
0: What was the first one that you did? It was, what was the first. It video? was Persian with German. German. Yes. I would not even think
1: of that. Okay. Yeah. So most people wouldn't. And uh, it's just that, you know, this is the the things that you learn, like, so German and Persian are both Indo-European languages. Right. Right. So uh, even though it may not seem like it, they share the same root. You know, you go back a very, very long time. Right. Right. And that includes Indo-European, you know, something that a lot of people kind of get confused about. They're like, Oh, you say Persian is Indo-European like Persian. I'm like, They miss the Indo-Indo-India, right? right? Like we're not trying to say we are European, you know. It's (laughs) Indo-European. It it encompasses a very large geographical area. If you want to think about languages, it goes from Bengali, Hindi, Sanskrit, you know, to Kurdish, Persian, and then you go to European languages, right? So these are all languages that share the same same root, right? So you're going to find cognates between. You're going to find words that uh, have the same root, but also there are shared words that are just loan words, right? That came, you know, later right. on history, right? So yeah, that was the first video. And then we were comparing Persian with other languages. And then eventually I'm like, well, I see these videos growing. So I'm like, well, you know, we live in Toronto. We have a lot of friends from different backgrounds, speak different languages. So why don't we try other languages too, you know? And and that's where the channel really started to grow because, you know, it became very international and global and people were watching videos with with Indonesian and Filipino and, you know, Derby and Russian, all of these languages, right?
0: And take me back a little bit. So what was the process of like starting to do these videos? You would sit at a table and then you yes. would have sh- your wife, Shazad. And w- when did you and Shazad get together? How, like, when so in the process was this?
1: Shazad and I met back in uh, early 2016.
0: Okay. Oh, uh, so not that long. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. and And actually, in the beginning when we met, we were speaking English, right? Wow, Had, okay. You know, like, it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't something that we thought of. Like, I told her, like, yeah, I've been, I grew up here and everything. And she assumed that, okay, I, I have a hard time speaking Persian, right? Okay. So she was just like, okay, I'm going to speak English. So we just kind of spoke English for a little bit, right? And she was and how, like, when
0: did she move to the United States? Canada. Oh, i sorry, can Canada. <laughs> Canada. <laughs> when did yeah. she move to Canada? She moved she was in older. 2012. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. So, so you're speaking English, sorry. Yeah, so we
1: so this is like when I met her, it was four uh around four years after she had moved to Canada. Okay. So yeah, we were speaking English, and then she's like, Oh, you probably have an accent if you speak Persian, right? And then I'm like, Oh, well, let, maybe a little bit, right? And I started speaking, and she's like, You sound like you just came from Iran, you know, like <laughs> she was very surprised, right? Nice
0: so since
1: then we just only speak Persian, right?
0: Wow, unless <laughs> okay. like we're
1: around other people, you know, but uh, but yeah to ourselves and around the kids we just speak Persian so it helps them learn the language better as well right
0: right right okay so then she so you met her in 2016 and then how did you start with these videos like tell me the So the
1: videos we started like maybe a year and a half later we were in, in our condo downtown in Toronto which is like the best place to do this right because yeah You can walk on your floor and there's probably like eight different languages being spoken. Wow. Uh, So, uh, yeah, we just kind of like in our islands, in our kitchen area, like, oh, this is a nice place. Let's just record a video with one of our friends, right? I'm like, I picked out a bunch of words. These are the German ones. These are the Persian ones. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you guys are going to read it to each other and guess what it is, right? So that's that's how we did it. Uh, We uploaded the video. I had this channel, right? Like as my name, like it wasn't really like, Anything that I was doing, right? Because right. when I was traveling, I was like recording little videos and stuff, and I was posted there. I made a few documentaries on subjects that I was interested in, like in in South Africa, in in, in Korea, and different places, right? And uh, I wasn't like making videos about languages, right? But it was an idea, like we were thinking about this, right? So then we did it. I, I posted on the same channel, right? And and I we noticed, okay, this is getting some views, and then uh, I think a few weeks later we did one with Persian and Hindi uh and then it was with um with Turkish like I don't remember ex- the exact order or the sequence of how it was but then it started to grow like we're we, you know we're getting oh you know you're getting like five ten thousand views which is for someone who was previously not really doing anything like this it, it was it was nice it was good And it's like oh people actually are interested in right. seeing stuff like this right so right. that's not that just point, your
0: like, friends oh
1: exactly exactly it's, right. it's it's a wider audience right so then we're like well why don't we try other languages um doesn't have to be just Persian right like I'm we have that interest in other cultures too right
0: right so
1: yeah when we did and I think with the first one that really went viral was uh Filipino with Spanish so wow. yeah so it was just uh, a couple friends um, one is from the Philippines the other one was was from Peru and you know so I gave them the words they read it and and they're both like so excited and it was really cool for them you know so right. and there's history behind that right like spanish loan words in filipino right so that one yeah that one i don't know how many it's like well over a million views now but that one is that start to grow it's like oh look at this like it's 50 60,000 views on a video right so it kind of like it's a very nice incentive you know it motivates you to want to explore it a little bit more right because you got to put time into this i mean like if you have a hobby you do it sometimes but when you see that okay it's you're getting that like you know audience and it's growing yeah it's it's nice it motivates you to want to do it more right
0: right and how did you do uh the research for that because do you know like what other languages do you know and how did you so filipino and
1: (laughs) so the thing is like fluently like i i can't speak other languages except persian and english right like, okay. I wouldn't be able to like have a conversation with people, but there are languages where if I'm listening to people speak, I can pick up a, a whole bunch of it, right? Like I can kind of like get just what's going on, uh, even if I don't fully understand it. So uh, Filipino is not one of them, to okay. be honest. But like, I mean, I, I mentioned that, but but the way I started to do the research is because I'm like, okay, you, you look at two languages, like, are they in the same family? If they're in the same family, you're bound to find, uh, cognates between them, right? Uh, okay. If they're not, uh, sometimes you know some people are so against loan words, like they they right.
0: They, I want to ask you about that too. Yeah,
1: right. But a lot of times there's a very interesting history behind why a certain language, but from a completely different family group, has a lot of words, shares a lot of words with another language. So I, I, yeah. to me, that's interesting too, right? So right. that's another subject. That was something else that I I looked further into, and okay. a lot of times when I compare languages that are in different uh, family groups i try to see if i can pick like the words to be half half so it's like not all from one side or the other right if right. it's possible sometimes it's impossible right because it's right. like a language that's been totally influenced by another and it's not impacting any but any other languages right and where
0: do, where do you do this research like is there websites where they have
1: loan words or are you so yeah there are different websites there are different um you know there are different ways to to research. Like if you look at there are like basically you so let's let's use one example right. Let's use like Polish and Russian, right? Okay. So if you go and uh, look at a, a dictionary or like any sort of like etymology, like you look at Proto Slavic terminology, for instance. Mm-hmm. So if you look at you know words that come from Proto Slavic, right? You will have like say a thousand words. Chances are. Uh, these words in like a modern way that Polish and Russian are being spoken, a lot of them will be in common, right? So you you look at the word for, um, I don't know, plate or fork or wall Mm -hmm. or door, and you look at what it was in Proto-Slavic and then you're like, oh, well, let's see how it is in a few Slavic languages today. You're like, (laughs) oh, well, look, they match pretty well. And sometimes they're different. Sometimes they're kind of like, you know, for instance, like in 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 Serbian or some languages in the Balkans, they start using loan words from other languages. So it, it really varies, right? So that's that's kind of like how it is with languages that share the same root, right? Okay. Uh, and then uh, sometimes, like what I've started doing with some languages, where it's like uh, you know that the mutual intelligibility, the degree of it, is pretty high, mm-hmm. uh, or or not, you know, over like sixty percent, like. So then you can say, okay, let's formulate formulate sentences with these words. So like I will pick out the word, like for instance, we did videos with like Icelandic and, and Norwegian. And I basically gave them uh, you know, a list of words, like 10 different words, and they said, You guys just come up with a short sentence because your languages share the same root, uh, they're different, but you have a lot in common. So to make it like to like kind of ease into it, just have a word that you know for sure is the same. Well, they don't know that, right? But you just put together a small sentence, I see how well you can understand it, right? Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah. So it it really varies depending on on the video. Uh, Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I had my first experience with like a, because Indo-European, you're right, it's so vast. And, you know, I'm in Texas, so there's a lot of Spanish around, but I also studied French. And so I basically understand languages. I just went to Croatia. And I was just amazed. I I, I don't know what the root of Croatian is, but I couldn't understand anything, like even hello or goodbye. You know, you just take for granted that you go somewhere and you you understand. Thank you. I just couldn't understand the sounds. I couldn't understand. It was so interesting to me.
1: So, well, the thing is, like, Indo-European languages, they start to divide into branches, too, right? So just because, you know, two languages are both this massive family where billions of people really speak an indo-european language right uh, so Croatian is Slavic right whereas like you know so it's in the same category as as polish and Russian and and Ukrainian whereas you know for example French and Spanish and Italian those are uh, Latin uh, Romance languages right so that's that's a very different branch and then you know on the other hand you have like iranian Iranic languages like persian and kurdish and Pashtu, and these are these are right. their own branch right so the more you branch down and then within those there's like southwest eastern western so there's even like smaller branches right,
0: right.
1: <clears throat> so that's why uh just because they're in the same family uh you know whether it's semitic whether it's indo-european whether it's whatever it may be uh yeah. doesn't mean that they're gonna sound similar you know so <laughs> So yeah, it's uh it 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 varies depending on which branch it's under, right?
0: Yeah, that's an interesting experience though. I I wanted I now want to travel somewhere and experience that more just like this complete not understanding. It's a
1: it's yeah, an interesting. So, and the thing about Europe is because most languages in Europe are Indo-European, but there are also languages which are not, like like Hungarian. Hungarian is is a very unique and interesting language that is just like totally like foreign to all of its neighbors, right? So it shares a lot with Estonian and with Finnish. And, you know, so, and and again, so this is what I mean about history, right? So you look at the history of migration and, and where languages came from, how they influence one another. We were talking about Croatian, like in the Balkans, for instance, because that area was under the Ottomans for, for many centuries.
0: Oh, right.
1: The Ottomans uh, were basically using Persian right in in a lot of their, their work. So the words so a lot of Persian words uh entered the Turkish language and the the Turkish Empire which is the Ottoman Empire was uh in Europe so nowadays you'll find Persian words in uh so this is this is a different rap right so Serbian Croatian um, Albanian Romanian these languages are indo-european So they're going to have some common words with Persian, which are the same root, but they're also these loan words that came in the last 500 years, which you'll find, like, for instance, like in in Romanian, like for, you know, not just Persian, like Arabic words, Arabic loan words, too.
0: This is Leila here with a quick break to let you know about our Persian language learning program, Learn Persian with Chai and Conversation. This program started over 10 years ago to teach the Persian language and about Iranian culture. Since then, we've developed several courses teaching conversational Persian, reading and writing in the Persian, and Persian poetry. We also have a free and fun mailing list that we send out each Wednesday morning to inspire and motivate you on your journey to learning about the Persian language. You can sign up for that on our website at chayanconversation.com. And now, back to the interview. A lot of it is just about consistency and just doing it and like staying with it. So so now let's talk a little bit about loan words, because that's something that, you know, I've been making these videos. I've had this trying conversation project for 11 years now, and I've just recently started to make these uh, like short videos on Instagram and and whatever these different platforms. And I'm trying to teach, you know, different vocabulary and things. And this comes up a lot. People are like, all these words that you taught us are Arabic, and all these words that you taught are are French. So, tell me about your experience uh, with loan words, and how do you feel about it in a a language?
1: So, my personal opinion. uh, First, I'm going to tell you, you know, just just so you can kind of, uh, I can tell you how I can relate to it. Okay. A lot of people are very passionate about this. They do not like loan words. They are so against them. Like this is not. You know, like if it's an Arabic loan word, so they're like, "This is not Persian or it's not Turkish." Like, right. we we have nothing in common. Like, why are you? You know, so sometimes like it, it's a little excessive. But some people yes. just want to know the authentic, pure uh, word of whatever language it may be. Let's say right. Persian, and I'm the same way. I'd like to know. Right. I have. I don't have an issue with loan words. I think it it makes the language rich, and you know, you have multiple ways of saying something. If you prefer. The pure Persian term it it exists, and I've I've said this before. Like I've made a I made posts about it. I talked about it in in some videos. Arabic loanwords in the Persian language have their Persian equivalents. Like even if they're not commonly used, even if you don't people don't know them, they exist in literature in poetry. They're there. Like you can find them, right? So uh, I've I've uh, posted a few times about like some of the most common Arabic loanwords that we we use. And I put the Persian equivalents, and I'm like, well, if, you know, if you're, if you're interested. You should, we should learn about them. It's very nice to know, uh, right? But I don't have a problem with uh, alone words the way some people do. Like, I just, I don't think it's it's necessary to try to purify the language. Uh, I, I mean, like, I don't want to argue with people about this because some people get get mad, and they're like, well, you <laughs> yeah. should. And I'm like, well, it's it's not it's not an easy process, first of all. And secondly, why don't we preserve the authentic terminology and, you know, have this alternate way of saying it? Like, it's not, uh, for me, it's not a a problem.
0: Okay, right. Well, and another thing that I'm coming across that I'm recently learning is that, you know, I, I also was born in 1983 and I moved to the United States in 1986. So I've been out of Iran for a long time. And it's interesting because it's kind of like Spanish and Mexican. Have you heard like Mexican Spanish? is kind of an antiquated version of Spanish. Like, they've evolved it in Spain, but then Mexicans speak kind of the old version of the language. So I feel like the uh, we who have, like, come and immigrated, we also speak an antiquated version of Persian, which is very interesting. Like, they've been evolving there. There's a lot of slang that we just don't know. Like, this word, apparently, it's very, very common, but I'd never heard Bedrud before for Khudafiz. <laughs> I had not heard that, and I've asked you know my family here. I've asked people here. I, uh, I've I even asked my family in the United Kingdom, and they were like, we haven't heard this either. It's this word that is very very common in Iran right now that is used for goodbye, and I haven't heard it. So it's this uh, big conflict of we are stuck in you know forty years ago language, <laughs> and they've been kind of changing and. And going back to a lot of these like, you know, Dorud is the original Persian word for hello. Hello, But we only use Salam. (laughs) you know, we, I, I don't know anybody who says Dorud (laughs) unless they're trying to make a point.
1: Yes. So yeah. yeah. How do you
0: feel about, how do you feel about that? Do you, I mean, your wife is more uh, recently immigrated. So are there words that she uses that you didn't know or Uh, how do y'all?
1: Sometimes, sometimes there is, but you know, back, to what you were saying you know for example you said Mexican and Spanish from Spain right uh, that's over a, not just a longer period of time but also a period where uh it wasn't like communication wasn't the way it is right now like right now we can right watch programs and talk to people who are in Iran regularly right so right so you hear it a lot more so could you imagine if that wasn't there then we would start sounding very different right right uh, but yeah there's definitely like you mentioned, Durut, a lot of people use that nowadays. Uh, right. and, and and some people use it as some form of a a nationalistic way of saying it. Some people just like saying that. Uh same right. with the past, instead of, you know, or mercy right. which I feel
0: like that's a difference between Canada and the United States too because the United States has kind of older there's not too many newer immigrants whereas Canada has like a constant flow, I think. Mm. Yeah. And uh, so then we, you know, sepas is another thing I never hear in Texas, <laughs> you know? But I feel like in Toronto, it'd probably be more common.
1: Yeah, it's not, uh, you know, it doesn't blow as well as like someone hands something to you, just say merci, right? <laughs> right. If I take sepas, they're just like, look at me like, what's wrong with you? Like,
0: <laughs> right. why,
1: why are you talking like this, you know? But, right. but there are words like this that, that you can uh, really use, right? And you know, if you want right. to replace the loan words, the words do exist, right? And I think right. it's it's important because to, to know about them, to learn, to, you know, yes. because, uh, you know, you know how YouTube is. People will write the most ridiculous comments. Like <laughs> yeah. they just say things that they don't know what they're talking about, right? Right. Uh, but, you know, anytime something comes up about the Persian language, I, mm-hmm. I tend to try to educate people. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. If they say something really ignorant and, and, and they sound very misinformed, <laughs> I will reply and, you know, kind of give them, explain it to them, right? Okay. But if I realize that, no, no, this person's not interested in right. fact, then, then I stop, right? But I usually just give them the benefit of that. So when it comes to loanwords, that's one thing, where some people will, like, come and say, oh, the Persian language doesn't exist anymore because it's all Arabic and French <laughs> loanwords. I'm like, okay, well, what do you mean? Like, these, uh, these like, words do have... And another thing that a lot of people don't know is the arabic language also has persian loan words in it uh ah. that um, they usually think that if there's a word in common between the two languages then it must be of arabic origin which is not oh,
0: interesting uh, okay
1: so important terminology like you know we say fehrist for like the index in a book right they have ferris in arabic and that's a persian word
0: oh interesting uh,
1: there are there are many you know when we when we did the video with persian and arabic i purposely picked half the words to be Persian, half the words to be Arabic because
0: interesting. I
1: know a lot of people would complain and say, oh, why are these all Arabic words? Right. Uh, right. And, and personally, I think it's better. It's more interesting that way. It's more educational. Right. 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 So, yeah. So that uh, the the subject of loan words can be kind of tricky uh, depending on what language you are looking at. And in some cases, people don't have an issue with it at all. Right? Um but it depends on the language, right? And Persian is one of those languages that people are very, very passionate about. And some people really want to avoid loan words at all costs, right?
0: <laughs> right. So now going back to um, your relationship with Shahzad, so you switch from English to Persian. Do you feel like um, the way that you communicated changed when you made that switch? Like I always kind of say my feeling is that my family language is Persian, that I'm married to an American man. And so we speak English together. And I always I always thought if someone didn't completely understand Persian, they wouldn't completely understand me. But that's changed over time. Uh, But the language I'm most comfortable speaking with my children is Persian. So how how do you feel about that? Like, what is your?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think when it comes to languages, uh, it doesn't matter what language it is even when i'm speaking english depending on my audience or depending on who i'm talking to it changes i used to work in northern ontario in a very small town and people sound different there compared to toronto right and when i was around them i kind of picked up the certain slang certain ways of saying things certain the, the tone of the way you speak and Sometimes, you know, and and it would shift when I was talking to my friends up there, the people that I met up there. So that's just one. That's just the English language. Right. So when it comes to to Persian, it definitely I feel like uh, people even sometimes notice that like your attitude is a little different when you're speaking. Yeah, your body
0: posture, everything.
1: For sure. So so in certain ways, yes, it is. uh, It does definitely kind of change the way you're speaking and how you sound like people like you sound more polite when you speak Persian but it's not it's not like I'm I'm treating people differently no it just it's just the way it sounds it's just the way it comes off right
0: or I had a family member who was uh in Croatia actually who is half Iranian half German and they were speaking German on the phone and I was like oh no what happened did you get in a fight with that and they're like no or does that just speaking Persian. <laughs> that was something real that happened. <laughs> like, I thought certainly there was a fight on the phone happening. <laughs> it was just the language. Uh, but then you said you speak Persian to your kids. Why is it important for you, for your kids to learn the Persian language?
1: Because uh, to be honest, for me, the, the Iranian identity is based on two very important things, and language and culture. Some countries, some nations, you'll see that uh, for them like religion is an important part of their identity you know you know let's say like um, Greeks right Greek Orthodox is you know I'm just using that as an example right like Armenians Christianity is important you know like their countries where they're separated based their, their their identity depends on religion like India and Pakistan like they created a country just the, the entire identity revolves around you are Muslim right so so for them it's like oh this is so important for us, as much as some people who are not familiar with the culture and the nation want to think religion is not a part of our identity. We have people from very different religious backgrounds that share the same culture. They share the same identity. My wife and myself, our families have two different religions. The culture is the same. The It's the same. Like there's really, literally, you don't see any differences, right? So for me, that's why for us, like language culture is very important. So without the language like i feel like you know you you're not, you that identity like you can't really identify with being iranian right uh, i mean you can to a certain extent like you can you can celebrate festivals you can um, take part in certain traditions and of course that's great but i feel like the, the language is so important in in preserving and maintaining that identity so that's why i think it's very very uh important for them to learn to speak persian and also read and write which you know it's kind of early right now but eventually we want them to be able to read and write
0: I love that that's a great explanation i haven't heard it said like that before and now after all this time how does your father feel about it and how does he feel about what you've been doing as he come around my,
1: my dad loves my my youtube channel he is like one of the biggest fans like he he, he watches every video like you know, even if he's not watching it, he'll play it in the background and and have it like (laughs) listening to it all the time. Yeah. And so he's, he is, uh, he he wouldn't say the things that he did say back then. Uh, Although I think for him, it's still like very important that, okay, you work on your English. I'm like, I don't think (laughs) we need to work on learning English anymore. But
0: (laughs) (laughs) I guess to end, what is your um, relationship with the iranian diaspora right now like do you have a lot of iranian friends um do you and yeah what is your relationship with the iranian community
1: Uh, very very good and close relationship i I would say like i know a lot of iranian people not just in toronto but also in north america um and in iran as well Mm -hmm. i'm in touch thanks to this youtube channel aside from my family and people that i know I've been able to connect with so many people, and uh, and not only just uh, Iranian people, but a lot of people have reached out to me who are half Iranian. Right. And they are so interested in their their Persian language, like that side of the family, and and a lot of them say that they've been able to improve their Persian thanks to my videos. And That's
0: it's very amazing. interesting
1: that you brought this up because just a couple of days ago we were at at a an Iranian festival here and usually when I go to these events uh, people come up to me and they're like hey you know I, I watch your videos and and a lot of people message me later like I saw you there but I didn't feel comfortable like, I didn't, <laughs> but anyway whoever so whoever's listening if you see me somewhere please come and say hi uh, <laughs> so it, this couple came and uh one the the lady was Iranian and the gentleman he was just you know uh Irish Canadian right like uh he starts speaking persian and and i was like uh, so impressed like he was speaking well and and he could read and write persian wow and okay he was like your videos have really helped me in this process so uh you know i'm just using this as an example but there are a lot of people like this that i have met uh iranian people half persians and who people who are not iranian but are so <laughs> interested in the 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 persian language and the culture who yeah. I've been able to like connect with thanks to this uh, this channel and you know the big major massive community that exists because of it, right? That's so, wonderful. Yeah.
0: yeah, that gives me a lot of chills. Well, thank you for doing the work that you do. And how do people find your videos? We'll link to it on the show notes. But uh, if you can tell us where's the best place to find you,
1: uh, so the best place is if you want to con- reach out to me and you know you want to send me a message. If you want to be a part of a video please do all of that on Instagram. People sometimes write comments on oh. YouTube. and I, I don't know how I'm going to reach out to you if you write a comment. But uh, the videos, uh, I usually don't really post anything on Instagram. I just have like little clips
0: okay. once in a while. And that's under your name also, Bahadur Alas. Yeah, Alast. yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Bahadur Alas. And the YouTube channel is on the same name because like I said, I never started this channel <laughs> at something that, okay, I'm going to call it, you know, language, whatever, because it's going to grow right. into something or is it something. It was just a hobby. Like I had this, this channel. And I was like, okay, I'm going to post videos. So yeah, it's everything is under my name, Bauder Alas. Uh, The best way to reach me is on Instagram. Uh, But you know, the videos themselves are all on uh, YouTube. So
0: wonderful. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. And uh, yeah, we'll keep in touch. And I've learned a lot from your videos as well. So thank you for everything.
1: Thank you. I'm very happy to hear that. And it was my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thanks again for listening. You can find all the links we talked about in this program on the show notes for this podcast. If you like this conversation, you can find plenty more like it on the podcast. And be sure to check out our website at chaiconversation.com with chai spelled C-H-A-I. There you can find all of our work, including three courses to help you learn the Persian language. We even offer a 30-day free trial to our program. You can get all the details on our website at conversation.com. Thanks again for listening. Chadwick Wood edited this podcast, Babak Rajabi wrote and performed our theme music, and my name is Leila Shams. Until next time, khuda Hafez!